For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God, as we come to your word, uh, we pray that in this difficult season, uh, Lord, that you might just come by your Holy Spirit and that you might speak to us and minister to our hearts. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I do want to encourage you this morning. I think all of us need some encouragement. Uh, I know that I'm feeling that in my life and I'm sure that you are as well. Uh, and the good news for us this morning is that these verses are packed full of encouragement for us all. This morning is all about experiencing God. Experiencing God. God at work in our lives. God at work in every circumstance, even the difficult times. Uh, it's an encouragement of how as we experience more of God, it helps us to stand firm. And it's a, a message of encouragement of how God just wants to bless you this morning as a Christian. Uh, of what God wants to pour into your life uh, in order to just help you in your spiritual walk and in order for you to be an encouragement for others. And so here is Paul and he is praying. He's praying for this church at Ephesus. He's praying for uh, every family that bears the name of Jesus. Uh, and that includes us today. We as individuals, as families, as a church family, bear the name of Jesus. And Paul wants us just to discover something of what is available uh, in God for us today. And it's a personal message. Uh, it's a message that Paul is writing from prison. Uh, he's knowing difficulty in his own life. But it's a message of the power of God that is available to us. Uh, amidst pain, amidst trial, amidst suffering. And the ultimate purpose, which won't surprise you, of all of this is found in verse 21, which says, To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Why does Paul pray that the church might be strong in the power and the love uh, and the presence of God? Well, it's so that we would bear witness for God. It's so that the church uh, might be this place where the power of God rests. And that as the power of God rests on the church and on our lives as individuals who make up the church, uh, that in our generation... Uh, that Christ might be seen more fully. And so this is a message of encouragement this morning. And I just want to say at the start, I know that some of us are feeling weak. 
I know that some of us are feeling burdened. Uh, some of us are feeling vulnerable, uh, perhaps emotional this morning. Uh, this is a message that we all need to hear. And the entry point to today's message uh, is not about being some sort of super Christian. It's not about coming uh, to God this morning and these verses this morning uh, from a place of strength and a place of power. Actually, the starting point for today's message is all about a place of weakness and a place of vulnerability and a place of brokenness and coming and saying to God, here I am, a broken vessel. Come and do a fresh work by your spirit. It's just that invitation for God to take us as we are and to work in us and through us. And so if that's how you're feeling this morning, a bit broken, a bit bruised and a bit battered, then stick with us because this is a message for you today. Well, Paul begins this prayer by praying really that out of God's glorious riches that he might just strengthen us in our inner beings by the power of the Holy Spirit. I went on a bit of a hunt this morning around the house uh, looking for a number of objects uh, and I wonder if you can work out the connection between them. Uh, we have uh, a phone here. We've got a, a tablet. Got a controller. And we've got a torch. Can you work out the connection between them? All these objects need batteries in order to work but for all of them the batteries are dead and these objects are a bit like our lives just as they need power to work and to fulfill their function this torch is no good without a battery so we as Christians need power in order to be the people of God and to function as God intended and Paul here is writing to a group who are Christians, uh, to a group who have received the Holy Spirit. And yet he's praying that God would strengthen them. And why is he praying that? Well, he's praying that because he knows that as we go through difficult seasons like the one that we're in, that there are things that can just rob us and drain us of that power. As we go through bereavement and loss and trials and difficulties these things take their toll and they sap us of our spiritual strength and Paul knows that and his prayer for you this morning is that out of his glorious riches out of the abundance of power and strength that God has that he would just pour some of that strength into your life this morning that you would know it in your inner being this is a theme that is repeated uh, in chapter 6 of Ephesians as well, uh, where Paul talks about our lives being like a spiritual battle. And the picture is of us going onto this battlefield uh, and the battle is fierce. And as we're fighting, our strength is being depleted. Uh, and perhaps we're experiencing the enemy coming against us. And there's casualties all around us. And Paul's desire is that we would be able to come through that battle and at the end of it to stand. Just to stand, that's all. Not to have loads of energy and loads of power, 
uh, and to say we're fine but just to get to the end of it and say Lord I've been through that battle but by your goodness and your grace thank you that I'm still standing and that is not something we can do in our own strength it's something that we need God to empower us to do in Corinthians is this beautiful verse that says that we don't lose heart though outwardly we're wasting away inwardly we are being renewed day by day none of us are getting any younger uh, perhaps you're beginning to see a bit of wear and tear in your own life uh, perhaps your eyesight isn't quite as good as it once was uh, perhaps your hearing is beginning to go and uh, maybe that fine fit toned body that you had is beginning to sag in a few places life catches up with us Paul says that while outwardly we're going to waste away there's going to be this deterioration that inwardly we can know something of spiritual renewal day by day what a promise what a hope that is what a refreshing thought in our culture which is so fixated on kind of botox and uh, delaying that process of decay you just need to watch television on a saturday night see all these celebrities that have gone for plastic surgery and you realize they're losing a fighting battle you know age is going to catch up with them sooner or later but jesus reminded us that our focus as christians should not primarily be on the outward but on the inward uh, and focusing on that which is not temporary but that which is eternal our souls and our walk with God and many Christians have testified to that and many Christians testify to the fact that in latter life often in those points where physically they have been their weakest that spiritually they have been their strongest and so here is Paul's prayer that we might be just strengthened in our inner beings by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's my prayer for you this morning, uh, that if you're feeling weak this morning, uh, that you would just know something of God strengthening you and pouring his power into your life. And perhaps if you've got an object uh, that runs out of batteries, next time you go to plug it in, Perhaps take a moment to reflect on your own life and just to invite God to spiritually recharge you. Well, the next progression in Paul's thought is this, that we might be strengthened in our inner beings in order that Christ might dwell in our hearts. Uh, the word dwell is katokeho. It speaks of God taking up residence settling down and finding a home in our lives and the idea is that our lives are not just simply to house the holy spirit but they are to be a dwelling place a home for the holy spirit uh, if you've never read the book my heart christ's home uh, then i'd encourage you to get a copy i was trying to look for my copy but uh, i don't know what bookshelf it's on quite track it down uh, this morning it's more of a booklet than a book so if you're not much of a reader don't let that put you off uh, but the simple idea behind it 
is that our lives are to be a home uh, in which we invite God to take up residence. And using that analogy of a house, uh, the book kind of goes through different rooms and it asks, is God welcome? So, for example, it might talk about the dining room, the place where we feed our appetites uh, and our desires. And it asks, is that a place that Christ would be welcome to join you? Uh, are the things that you desire, the things that you lust after in life, are they things that are pleasing for God? Or the living room, which symbolises perhaps our relationships and those that we keep company with. And again, it's asking, you know, if you've got a group of friends around, uh, those that you're keeping company with, would Jesus be welcome uh, into that gathering? And then it goes on to talk about other areas of the home. Maybe those cupboards, you know, those cupboards that we kind of put everything into uh, because we know that there's visitors coming around and we just want to kind of hide away that kind of clutter and that mess. Well, ask the question, are there areas uh, in your life, in your heart, where you're kind of hiding stuff away, a kind of cupboard uh, where you put stuff and you say to others, you know, don't enter, don't enter. And it asks the question, you know, does Christ have permission to dwell in your home, uh, to go to every room, uh, to open every drawer, every cupboard? Is he welcome? Does he have a freedom to go wherever he wants to go? It's a powerful question. It's a powerful idea for us. Are there areas of our lives that we're ashamed of? You know, Paul wants the best for us. He doesn't want sin to quench this work of God in our lives. Rather, he desires that God might come and he might strengthen us in power and that he might dwell within our hearts fully. And he also wants us to experience something of the love of God. True love is something that the world is often searching for. Uh, but often it misses out on. The band Soft Cell sang about tainted love. Tina Turner asked the question, what's love got to do with it? What's love but a second-hand emotion? But here is Paul and he has experienced this pure love, this true love, this love of God. And he wants us to experience it as well. And there's two pictures that he uses here. The first is this of this tree, this tree that is put down deep roots. That's drawing nourishment from the ground, that draws from the ground everything it needs to flourish. And is anchored even in the wildest of storms so it doesn't fall over. And the second picture is one that Paul has used before of this building that is built on a firm foundation. A building which is well underpinned in order that it's not going to collapse. It's a solid, strong structure. Paul asks the question, are you rooted? Are you grounded and established in the agape love of God? A love that gives its all for itself. Love that gives everything for you as demonstrated on the cross. Paul wants you to discover the length and the height and the breadth and the depth of this love that is available in Jesus. Paul wants you to grasp it and to know it 
And he says that in knowing it, you will discover that nothing will move you again. This is a love that will give you tremendous security if you ground and root your life in the love of God. Nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. What a tremendous truth that is. Lamentations 3 says, Because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. If we know God's love, if we are rooted and grounded in it, stops us from being consumed, consumed by trouble in our lives, consumed during seasons of deep lamenting. God's love surrounds us. It upholds us. It strengthens us. We can be rooted in it. God's love is known every day of our lives. His compassions are new every morning. His faithfulness towards us is new every morning. God never gives up on us. His grace and his love is always available for us. So God desires that we would know his love. Paul prays that we would know the fullness of God's love, in order that we might know the fullness of God in our lives. This cup is like a picture of our lives. Our lives are like empty vessels waiting to be filled by God. And Paul prays and Paul desires that we would know the fullness of God in our lives. I wonder if you know that or whether you're missing out on it. Perhaps for some of us, our lives are completely dry feels as if the Holy Spirit is missing completely. Maybe for some of us, we know something of God's Spirit at work in our lives. And yet we certainly don't know the fullness. Some of us are maybe kind of chugging along and we think we're doing well. And yet there's still more that God wants to give to us. We're missing out on the fullness of God. God's desire is that he might fill our lives so that we would be full, full with the presence of God. You know, sometimes there are things that take up residence in our lives that stop us being filled with God's spirit. We think of that prayer in John chapter three, you know, he must increase and I must decrease. Sometimes our lives are, are full of different things and so it's kind of blocking that space where God can fill us. And sometimes we have to repent and confess of those things. And the wonderful thing is that as we do it, that God kind of comes and he cleanses us and he gets rid of all that rubbish in our lives and he declutters us. And then we become like an empty vessel again, ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit, ready to be filled with the fullness of God. And God's love just keeps going and going and going until our lives are overflowing. And he always has more that he can give to us. Simple analogy, maybe not the best one. The question today is, what is your life like? Do you know the fullness of God within your own life? 
God desires that we might know the fullness of him at work within us. And his desire is that we might know that so that we would be strong in the Lord and so that the church would be strong as well. Look what it says in verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. You know, God is able, able to do more than we can ever ask or imagine, but he's only able to do it if his power is at work within us. Without his power, without the filling of his Holy Spirit, without having our life strengthened by him and being rooted and grounded and established in his love and having Christ dwelling within us and the fullness of God just filling our lives, none of that is possible. But when our lives are surrendered to him, that's when our lives become ripe vessels for him to work through. That's when our hearts and our minds and our desires become aligned with him. And as our desires and our hearts and our minds align with him, and as we are connected to his power, then things start to happen. As we pray, Lord, take this broken vessel and use it for your glory. Not my will, but yours be done. Then God loves to answer prayers like that. And we start to see God working in new ways beyond whatever we could ask or imagine. And we could do a whole sermon on that. Our desire is to get to a place where we can testify that we know God and we can begin to testify at how God is at work in us and through us. And here is Paul and Paul is looking back on his own life. And Paul knows something of the fullness of the Holy Spirit poured out on his life. And he looks back on his life and he can testify to times that God has shown up and God has answered prayers in incredible ways and God has used his life and used the lives of others that have been surrendered to him. And that is Paul's desire for your life and mine. That we might know the strengthening of God. That we might know God at work within our lives. And that God would be doing something beautiful within each one of us. You know, there's those verses in Ecclesiastes 3. Uh, and they remind us that there is a time for everything. There is a season for everything under the sun. But those verses conclude by saying that God is going to make everything beautiful in his time. And God works through every season of our lives. And he works in those seasons of difficulty and pain. I want to promise you that this season that we are in of pain and loss is not going to be wasted. It's not going to be wasted. Good will come of this. And if this time of difficulty and of pain and of loss in our own lives is leading us to feel weak, then good can come of that. And God's desire is to come 
and to fill us afresh with his Holy Spirit. To strengthen us in our inner being. To come and to dwell more fully within us. To help us to know something of the love of God. That our lives might just be rooted and established in that. That we might know the fullness of God. And in knowing the fullness of God. That we might start to be in a place where as broken vessels. Filled with the power of God. That God can start to work in us and through us. For his glory and for his honour. As we end this morning. How does that happen? How can we know the fullness of God within our own lives? How can we know the filling of the Holy Spirit? Well, it comes just by surrendering to God and coming in our weakness and our fragility and just inviting God to come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. I need you. Fill me afresh.